You're at the Over or Under Show. I'm your host, Ed Henderson. And man, it's a crazy world we live in. It has no shortages of rabbit holes. I'm not scared of rabbit holes. If you're not scared of rabbit holes, this show is for you. Let's see if we can jump in one and make our way back to the top. Welcome to Over and Under. I'm your host, Ed Henderson. Thank you so much for joining me today, Friday, uh, May 13th. And today is uh, what I call Rambling Fridays, Friday Ramblings. This is where I just get to share some impressions that I have of different things. It might be popular topics. It might be something that I saw on the news. You know, sometimes I start off like today. I'm not really sure where I'm going to go. And uh, I hope I don't lose you. I hope that, like as I always do, at the end of it, that you will have uh, something of value. If not anything else, it helped you pass a little bit of time. But this is really not something I do a lot of preparation for. I think uh, one of the things on my mind today is, you know, just how how disconnected we are, how disunited we are as a people. You see all these, uh, you call them protesters. I think once they start moving into your front yards and in front of your house, they, they become much more like mobs. We make it so available for people to protest in in public places. But when you start interfering with people's neighborhoods, their their neighbors, you you start affecting the ability of emergency traffic being able to come in and out of a neighborhood. I think you are starting to trespass and trample. Well, I do. You're trampling on other people's personal rights. You know, you should have places that you can do that. And there's more than enough places to do that. And yes, Right now, I'm talking about what's going on with the with the abortion protests. It's a shame that we will not civilly allow processes that, you know, we elect these people. We elect representatives. We elect the president who puts these people in places. Of, I know it's not perfect, but it is the very best system in the, in the entire land that you could ever possibly have. And if we don't start appreciating that, we will break into another civil war, and I don't think it's going to bode for us as well as it did the first time. And we paid a huge price for that in life, in blood, and uh, are still paying a huge price for for that. But with that, you know, I'm thinking, how do we maintain our civility while we try to have a civil discussion? Because to have a Civil discussion, it's got to be very complicated. People don't even assign meaning to words anymore. They act like you can have different understandings of what male and female are, what is, is, as our quoting our famous President Bill Clinton. You know, that's a big deal for postmodernism to uh, not accept the definitions and meanings of words. That's a very that's a very good way to go about deconstructing a society, a culture, when you confuse words to the point to where you allow everybody to have their own definition of words. We can't even communicate uh, civilly. I mean, it's going to break down, right? If we cannot even agree on the meanings of words, it's going to break down into something that's not not pretty. Um, with that, you know, how do we protect, how do we maintain this incredible gift that we're given by our founding fathers, both at the beginning, and I'll include people like Frederick Douglass who came on, come on board later on. I've said this before. If they ever put another face on Mount Vernon, I'm all for putting Frederick Douglass on Mount Vernon. 
with that being said, all the struggles that we have gone through to arrive where we have, I cannot think of a more important thing than our than our elections being secured. I don't know if you had the opportunity to see 2,000 Mules. I did watch it. It was uh, produced by Dinesh D'Souza. And I really highly recommend you going and watching that. They say this is irrefutable evidence. I watched it. They said these were actual uh, cameras that were trained on these drop boxes during the COVID epidemic. And these uh, these things were mostly provided by state cameras. So that would be irrefutable evidence. And they tracked what they call these mule, these vote traffickers to several of these boxes. Now, I don't know how many uh, places you went to go vote. I went to one place one time. These people were tracked going to dozens of places multiple times, going to what they call stash houses that had the votes, picking up the votes, and then putting them in. They even showed them uh, covering up, starting to put gloves on, because I understand they did bust somebody in Arizona. And once that word got out, then a lot of these people started wearing gloves. They also, another thing that they would do that they pointed out in this documentary, every time that they would stuff the ballot boxes, they would always get their camera out and take a picture of the box that they put the ballots in. I can't remember what box it was, but it was shown to only have had a visit of 200 and some change uh, visits where people went to that box. Yet when they went to that box and got the votes out, it was it was better than 1,500 votes. So how does that happen? How do you go, uh, you only have 200 visits to a box, yet there's seven, you can't vote harvest. You can't be collecting everybody's votes in a nursing home or in your home and dropping them off. So something is not right. So I wonder why is it why is it racist to want people to have voter ID? I see nothing wrong with that. I mean when you stop to think about all the things that you have to have voter ID, you go to a concert box and you reserve tickets. We've had to show identification which I think is totally legit. Somebody, these tickets cost a lot of money and they need to go to the right people. So I, I never felt offended by that. And I've been in some very mixed audiences, black, white, uh, Hispanic, and they all did that. And it didn't seem to be racist. It seemed to be a very reasonable thing to expect. Yet when it comes to voting, I think that's much more important than a concert. Let's look at some of the other things that you have to show ID for, yet you never see anybody saying this is racist and it's some type of white supremacist thing to try to break down the black person and other minorities. But you have to have an ID for a passport. I have applied for a passport. I do have a passport. And when I was in that line, that was a very diverse group of people, I would say, by race. And I would also say that they make up a wide swath of our socioeconomic fabric, people from all walks of life. But yet I didn't hear anybody throw a fit 
about being required to show ID to get that passport. You got to have it to apply for Medicare, Medicaid. You got to have it to apply for Social Security. You've got to do it to get married. You have to do it to buy a car. You have to do it to rent a car. You got to you got to have it to drive a car. I mean, there's a lot of things that you have to show ID. When my uh, daughter played travel ball, she was a very avid softball player. Man, especially when you went to these big tournaments and it was like showcase, you had to have a birth certificate. You had to have photo ID. They wanted to make sure somebody wasn't cheating in a softball game that nobody's even going to talk about in two years, let alone 100 years. And there's nothing going to happen on that softball field that's going to affect foreign policy, domestic policy, or economic situation. So I really think it's more racist to start thinking that there's, there's some people that are so, I don't know, uneducated or have no ability. That's not the that's not what I have seen with my black friends and the, and the black people that I engage with. And anyhow, 2,000 Mules, I would highly recommend that you see that. Really, after that was presented in the movie theaters, we actually rented it and watched it here at my house. I can tell you this right now, that should be a congressional hearing. There should be cross-examination of the people who brought that evidence who they have said that they are more than willing to stand behind their technology and what they did. Ironically, I can't tell you all the specifics of it. They were tracking, doing GPS tracking of phones, tell how many times a certain phone showed up at different drop boxes to to put in votes. And that was uh, corroborated with the state films of these people. But told you all that so I can tell you this, that there was a murder that occurred in the area um, of one of these boxes, and they were able to turn that information over to the authorities. And don't hold me to it, I believe this was in Atlanta, and uh, they made two arrests in, in that murder based on that information. So the documentary showed us. So like I said, you go see it for yourself, and I would I would at least say whether you agree with it or not, you would say, yes, this needs to be looked in further. And one or two things either happens. Either that election truly was stolen, as this documentary does state, or it's a lie. And people should be held accountable for those lies. They didn't present it as an opinion. They, they have made a statement, and it should be one that would concern the government enough to look into it to either substantiate it or take appropriate action to these people who are making these allegations. So I think Georgia has started looking into it. And you've got to admit, state of Georgia elected two Democratic senators. I, that, that is really, really hard to believe. It's also very, very hard to believe that Joe Biden got more votes than Barack Obama. It's hard to believe that he overcame Donald Trump, who got 10 million more votes than the year that he that he got elected. So, I mean, that's a lot of things that are they're hard to believe. And like I said, you need to watch this documentary and see what you can take from it. You know, regardless of whether you are on the right or the left, I would think this would be one of those things that would transcend whatever your politics are. And you would want to secure the vote. The people that really brought this information and this technology, they come from a group called True the Vote. And if I remember correctly, they are the ones that brought down Mark Harris. And that was a Republican senator. He already, it was in the bag. He was elected senator. But they were the ones that showed the abnormalities. And they, uh, I think they showed ballot harvesting. And they found the guy that did it. 
I'm going to assume it was by the same technology that they have determined that this election, too, was stolen. So this is not a Republican-Democrat thing. It is an unsecured vote. And we should take this very, very seriously because it, that's the only way we're going to maintain our civil society. People have to know that their vote counts. They need to know that uh, it's, a, it's a fair election. And that's what we do. We we have our elections and we get we let four years go by and we're, we don't like it. That's another chance in four years, two years to change that. There is a way to respond if we continue down the road that we are, we're going to start looking like third world countries. And talking about third world countries, I don't want to exaggerate. Our grocery store shelves do not look like third world countries. But my goodness, I've never seen them so bare. I've never seen so many holes in it. Now, one good thing about it has got me buying store brands. A couple things. Inflation's crazy, and you can save typically a dollar on a can or 50 cent here and there, and you really, the things I used to walk into a grocery store and just throw in my buggy, I don't take for granted anymore, so I'm looking at uh, price tags. Have picked up a pack of bacon only to throw it right back where it came from because I'm not paying 9 or $10 for, for bacon. I love bacon. Good night, I love bacon, but I guess I'll have to treat that like something special, like a Christmas turkey or something, eat it a couple times a year. I just can't believe... This is where our country is going to. You know, do we have a secretary of transportation? I believe we do, Peter Buttigieg. I know his name uh, only because I see such a crappy job. you got to admit, how many, how many secretaries of transportation can you name? I can't think of many. I've always thought that was just like a giveaway a buddy job or something like that because as long as the free market is doing what the free market does, the ships are coming in and out of the, the trucks are going uh, back and forth delivering their stuff, there's really not any problem. But there's a huge problem. And I would think that a uh, secretary of transportation would be advising our president to Make sure that there is nothing hampering these people, whether it be a truck diver over some stupid California regulation, because things are getting kind of crazy. Mamas can't even get a formula for their babies. So, no, we're, we're not in a third world country, but I can tell you I've already seen something in our supply chain that I have to believe it could get much worse to the point where you walk into a grocery store and I guess... Your uh, your evening meal will be dictated by what's available. If you're lucky, you might have to do like some third world country, try to get there before the, the delivery truck does and you just, you'll just eat whatever's on there. But things are getting pretty whacked. It's not just our supply chain. Our economy is crazy. How, I mean, I really do feel for this younger generation. You probably feel like I did because I came out of the Carter administration and I came from a very modest background and I was starting to think, man, I'm never going to even live as good as my mother and father did because interest rates were just crazy. You want to know how crazy it was? I remember when interest rates started dropping to 12, 11 and 10 percent and people were just breaking their necks trying to refinance their house. That's right. You people have been looking at almost zero, what, 3%, 2.5%, 4%. You never probably could ever imagine a uh, housing, uh, a mortgage being at 10%. Let me tell you, they can be 8 and 21%. And if you continue to have a uh, president and a Congress continue to spend billions of dollars and trillions of dollars, 
you may possibly surpass Jimmy Carter. That's the only thing that I can tell you good that I have seen come out of the Biden administration because I like Jimmy Carter, would never vote for him to even be a dog catcher because I just don't think he has a good decision-making process. But I think Jimmy Carter is a very good man, and uh, he can uh, lead this world. Now, Jimmy's getting up in age, and I wish him as many more days as he can possibly have on this earth. But the truth of the matter is his days are truly numbered, and they're coming up quick. And it does my heart good for him to be able to leave this country knowing that he did not have the worst administration, foreign policy, and economy in the history of the United States. Now, Joe has not quite surpassed him. He continues daily to break the records that he set the day before, breaking records that are at least 40 years in the making. I'm looking for him to do the trifecta. I'm looking for him to do the Grand Slam. I think he's going to, he very well could possibly, if he lives long enough, surpass anything that we saw in the Great Depression in the United States. All he's got to do is stay on the same path that he is, and he will bring this country to its knees. You know, I tell you these things, and uh, you're talking to a gentleman who is in his fourth quarter. Uh, Any way you want to cut it, a man is only given, I think, 76 to 80 years. So Jimmy's been very blessed with the years that he's got. But I am in my fourth quarter. For those of you, you youngsters that are just getting started out, you might want to see how much it's worth for you to have that woke certification, that progressive certification. Can you really afford it? Because Man, it's expensive. It's expensive to be woke and progressive. Not to mention that your personal safety is put in danger. That whole uh, defunding the police thing, how is that working out for you? How is it working out for those communities that have embraced those policies? Not too good. Murder rates are soaring. If you're in a place like L.A. or someplace like Chicago, man, crime has been downgraded to such a level. I don't know what the monetary of theft uh, has to be before or a police will even come out to it i think it's up like in la and san francisco it has to be something like 900 dollars before they consider it a big deal before they even think about a cop coming out i don't know how that works out if you have a i don't know rush on a jewelry store and you have 10 different people if they just each pick up 900 dollars, are they good are they cool is it just going to be a misdemeanor there's really nothing to dissuade these people from committing crimes to businesses or people. And now some of these places are looking like a third world country, and it's coming to you very soon. My experience was, and it's just my opinion, it's what I've seen, is that the rest of the the rest of the country is about on a 20-year curve behind California. They are truly the progressives. Anything that you see happening in California today it's probably going to be in your communities within the next 20 years. You don't have to you don't have to continue to repeat that history. I would recommend that you learn from that history because it's devastating. It's 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 bankruptcy. It's uh, it's hard to find words for it. It just looks like a bunch of zombies walking around, people defecating on the sidewalks. Children having to walk around in their schoolyards with bent heroin needles and fentanyl. And wow, we really do need to get control of this. And one thing I can tell you in all honesty, I don't think the Democrats have a handle on it. I don't mean to uh, be so so political, but man, they just they don't seem to have a grasp on anything that has to do with reality. And that's the, 
that's the problem when you don't recognize truth and you're not objective and you're you're driven by emotion. I mean, that that's all very impressive, but at the end of the day, it really does not mean anything. And I don't know, how, how do I want to end out this Rambling Fridays? I know it's been covered a, a lot, but Elon Musk buying Twitter, it, does it amaze you that all of a sudden this administration is concerned about regulating free speech? They were okay as long as they had 100% control of it. And I mean, let's, let's admit it. I mean, they take Donald Trump off of Twitter and they have the Ayatollah Khomeini on there. Uh, you got the, what's the, the chubby kid in North Korea, um, Kim Jong-un. I hope I pronounce his name. No, I don't care if I pronounce his name right or not. He's a, he's a thug. He's a, he's a dictator. Doesn't deserve any level of respect. But with that being said, you've got some pretty rank people out there. The Taliban, the Taliban has access to things like Twitter and the uh, president of the United States who used to uh, represent this country. Do you miss uh, the U.S. being represented in all these talks and affairs in the world? Do you, do you miss not having a voice? Do you, do you miss people not taking you seriously? Do you, uh, how do you like that China? I mean, China's just putting their foot up your butt on a daily basis here. And, uh, Looks like we're more than willing just to bend over and take it. But then again, I, you know, Hunter and his uh, dad have made a lot of money out of China. So I don't know. Maybe it's some kind of quid pro quo. They they do know what they're doing. It's just not in the interest of this country. But, you know, Elon Musk has been very gracious. You know, he's telling you he's going to keep it open to everybody, everybody on the left and everybody on the right. He just wants an open forum where people can share their opinions and views. But that's not good enough for the left. The left want complete shut. I'm talking about complete fascists on the lines of Nazism. They want to make sure that they have full control of anything that is discussed, any opinion, because, you know, it's, it's dangerous. I mean, what what did I tell you, Hitler, when I was telling you, I did that podcast on truth versus false or lies. I told you that in Mein Kampf, let me see if I can remember or paraphrase. He said truth is the uh, enemy of the state and truth is the, the mortal enemy of what is false, which, you know, you have to take control and you have to you have to reimagine, you have to reconstruct your society, and then you cannot have people telling you things that are just not right, that they can't tell you things just as they are happening. They want to develop a narrative and they will not have it challenged. That's not how a free society works. I mean, I've said this before. I mean, we used to have really we used to have a free press. In this country, I mean, there was a time before uh, the Democrats owned ABC, MB, NBC, CBS, MSNBC, uh, CNN. There was a time when you would not know what the politics of that that news station was. Now, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, well, how about Fox? Well, how about Fox? I mean, how would you ever get the other side if it were not for Fox? And it's not Fox that's being sued for millions of dollars for making claims against people and reporting things as being true. It's uh, places like CNN, MSNBC, Kyle Rittenhouse. You might hate him. You're going to hate him even more because all these people are going to make him very, very rich if they haven't already. They were they were out there filming that night. And I, 
guarantee you they're very sorry for putting all that film footage uh, of that incident down because it was irrefutable. That was self-defense. You can you can talk about your feelings all day long. You can talk about people shouldn't be able to do this and people shouldn't be able to do that. They shouldn't be able to protect their property. I don't know. I guess if you are somebody trying to protect yourself or other people's property and somebody wants to kill you in the process, you're just supposed to lay down and take it. It don't work that way. It doesn't work that way. Kyle Rittenhouse went to a courtroom, had a had an adjudication in front of his uh, of jury, and they found him not guilty, not guilty. And now all these people, on top of the irrefutable evidence, the the videos that were taken, and let me just say, and I've said this before, Kyle Rittenhouse is a very very lucky young man. Because if somebody didn't have their cell phones out and was taping every second of that, is there any doubt in your mind that Kyle Rittenhouse would never, ever see the light of day again? They would have thrown him up under the jail. He would have went to prison for the rest of his life. But thank goodness somebody taped all that. That dude that had his bicep exploded trying to, I, I know he wanted to tell a different story, but he had to tell it with the background of that big picture of him holding that gun or pointed at Kyle Rittenhouse's head. And uh, he paid dearly for it. He lost uh, lost his arm and two other men uh, were killed. Incredibly enough, all those people that he shot were white. Kyle Rittenhouse is a white supremacist. That makes a lot of sense, don't it? Uh, he's a white supremacist and he shot three white people. Nah, I, 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 what it looked like to me is he shot three people that were trying to kill him. It's probably a good thing that was not a minority that uh, he shot because might not have been able to overcome even the video recordings uh, that showed that it was truly self-defense. It would have it definitely been an, another consideration that should not be considered. With that being said, here we come. We're coming up on uh, 27 minutes, and you've been so kind to hear me rambling. I don't even know why I do this sometimes. It was really hard for me to get a focus in and... I don't know. People look forward to the Friday ramblings, and I feel not need not needfully to 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 do it, to produce it, and get it out there to you. Anyhow, I hope uh, you'll you'll take something from this. Don't let me be your sole source of information. I asked you to look at Two Thousand Mules, regardless of where you are, Republican, Democrat, in the center. Look at it. Tell me what you think. I had a hard time with it because. You don't want to go around saying the the election was stolen because you look like some kind of crazy person calling you some type of traitor and insurrectionist, and I'm hardly those things. But I can't deny, after watching that documentary, I'm, I have to say I'm, I'm right there 90%. That election was stolen. So yeah, I said it. Like a lot of things, I will always be willing to take it back but I'm going to tell you, if, if Congress does not take this up and take this information and have it cross-examined, I, I don't know what you can take from that. Because if these allegations, as they were put forth and they were stated, if these people are not held accountable and shown to be false, you can only assume they do not want this in front of the American people. There's a couple of things I'm going to leave you to think about. I hope I don't make any enemies. I, I don't care to make any any enemies, but... I'm not going to stop speaking truth or my opinion. I'm, it's a very cool thing that you can express yourself in this country, fully support both people on the right and the left. But when people make allegations, they need to be truthful. And uh, the, the only reason I can't tell you 100 percent 
that it was stolen because the allegation has been made and it does need to be cross-examined. If somebody can prove otherwise, it needs to be proved. But when you've got people that are stepping up and willing to testify, they deserve their day in court. And like I said, I when it comes to voting, I think that's very much more important than buying a beer. As important as Social Social Security and Medicare and Medicaid are, I would tell you that I would say that the vote is even more important because everything that you can think of that you're required to have an ID and you show it every day and never have a problem doing so is affected by who is in those offices, who is our president, and it should we, we should not go into a third world country where we have so much corruption within our system. It's bad enough that uh, a corrupted politician can be legally put into office, but if the system has become that corrupt, we need to do something and we need to act. Anyhow, let's see if anything in Friday's ramblings makes sense to you. We'd love to hear some of your comments. Again, I'll just close out by telling you, I'm not the arbiter of truth, but I think people could do a much better job of thinking and making an informed decision. Stop letting people tell you how you ought to feel things, how you ought to synthesize things. I believe you have people of common sense on the right and the left. So with that, I'm going to bid you a fond adieu as I always will. I pray for blessings upon your house. You take care of yourself till we get together again on Over and Under. Hey, thanks so much for listening to the podcast today. If you heard anything that you like today, please hit subscribe and check out the other, I think I'm up to about 27 podcasts. Check out some of the other stuff, see if you like anything. As always, I do appreciate your comments. There is a place for you to leave your comments. Look forward to them, both positive and negative. Y'all have a great day. Bye.